Private Lender Podcast, Episode 94. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Robert Kiyosaki, who said, The more a person seeks security, the more that person gives up control over his life. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. What's going on, Lender Nation? How y'all doing? Greetings from the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, and welcome to the Private Lender Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you mitigate risk while being or becoming a successful private lender to real estate investors. My name is Keith Baker, and you're listening to Episode 94. Thank you for listening today. If you're looking for practical tips and advice on being a successful private lender and building wealth without banks or Wall Street, then you're in the right place. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so that you can avoid them, or pull up a chair, my friend, and pour yourself a nice stiff drink, because this podcast is for you. This episode topic was made possible from one of the free coaching calls I recently conducted. And I want to thank everyone who, who took the time to email me with their questions and taking the time to set up a uh, an interview and a web meeting, letting me help them define their lending criteria and answer questions or uh, put some fears that they had at bay. So I want to also want to give a really big thank you to listener Steve, who is an Eagles fan, but I won't hold that against him because his Eagles made it further than my Cowboys. It's a good old little NFC least brotherly hate love there. So this episode was made possible by Steve. So thank you, Steve, because this is one of his questions that he asked me towards the end of the call. And I thought it was a good topic to discuss on the show. And what Steve asked me was, what are the three key traits of a successful private lender? And I fortunately was able to write down and go back and listen to, sorry, to my responses. And I refined them a little bit so that I could provide them to you on today's show. As I was prepping for the show, I actually came up with a fourth trait, but it is not specific to private lenders, but I think the human condition in general. And so I figured let's, um, let's get started with that. And so today's topic is the four key traits of successful private lenders. And that first universal trait is self-awareness. And I know that seems hokey and some gurus are pounding on that, but it is very, very true. Learn who you are. It's good to know your strengths and your weaknesses. It's good to know where you excel at things or at situations. Is it the, you know, the, the analysis of looking at a deal? Is your weakness dealing with people? It used to, believe it or not, it used to be one of mine. That's why I joined Toastmasters was to be able to speak to sellers, ideally, but it, it's helped me immensely in, with private lending. But being able to sit down and really be honest and say, you know, I'm not so good at this. I am not so good at record keeping, for example. And that's why I love using escrow services or loan servicing companies because they take care of all that stuff for me. Right now, into January, if you do everything yourself, you need to go ahead and file your 1098 mortgage statements statements with the IRS and provide those to your borrowers if you haven't done that already, by the way. So quick little run down the rabbit hole there. Knowing where your strengths are, your weakness, what makes you comfortable, what makes you uncomfortable is also a very good thing to know, to know about yourself and how you respond in those situations. Usually for me, something that's uncomfortable, I try to push forward a little. Now, not necessarily loan on that. I will definitely, if I'm into some due diligence and I feel a little worried, I note that I stop 
But at the same time, I go back and reevaluate again and say, okay, what is it about this that gives me a bad feeling? That's just one example of using self-awareness to know where you're going to be. Are you comfortable lending to people? Are you comfortable putting your money out there? Are you comfortable with learning the process and getting your hands dirty, so to speak? Or would you rather have more of a franchise model? They show you how to make the sandwiches, provide you everything to make the sandwiches, and then help you sell the sandwiches. That's not just for private lending. I mean, I'm using private lending and real estate investing examples. I think it's just a good place to start with who you are as a foundation, as a person. What are your qualities? Are you disciplined? Because that's going to be key coming up next. Are you lazy? Like me. Hey, it's okay. Admit it. <laughs> Own it, so to speak. So that's number one. First key trait of a, a successful private lender is, is self-awareness. The second key trait is what I like to call disciplined focus. Not just discipline and not just focus, but disciplined focus. Those two things together are a very powerful tool. And let me see if I can explain this. This is hopefully you guys understand what's in my head. Let me try to see if I can verbalize it. But examples, you want to define your lending parameters and stay true to them. Whether that be you loan on the loan to value of the finished product of the house or you only loan on the purchase price. Do you only loan on three bedroom, two bath brick homes? Sort of the, the typical ranch that is so popular with landlords and a, a lot of buyers and renters. The reason I stress discipline focus is once you've set your rules, you've got to be able to stick by them. Otherwise, you can get into some serious, serious trouble. And discipline is like your touchstone or your source rock, it's sort of the Ten Commandments, so to speak, because discipline focus will help you make it through the long haul. When you have a question or are uncertain about a potential loan, for example, that discipline focus will help keep your money safe. I learned this from an attorney who was presenting me in a, in a deposition, uh, not a criminal case, just good old insurance stuff. And what was taught, this touchstone concept was taught to help me when an attorney had asked the same questions eight different ways from Sunday and is trying to trip you up just to get you to answer differently. And Karen, thank you. She said, put your hand on your touchstone and it was the table in front of me to help remember and to maintain and use discipline focus. These are my parameters. I do not lend outside of this. I do not make concessions outside of this. If a clause in the paperwork is triggered and, and default becomes my remedy, push forward. It's not a question of give them a chance. If the numbers can work out in the situation and the borrower can come back into the game and not put your money at risk, then by all means consider that. But if it seems sketchy or I always look at it like if they're not going to honor the first agreement, they're probably not going to honor the second one or the chances are even less. So that having that disciplined focus of knowing what you lend on, back it up into uh, self-awareness, knowing who you are, what you like to do, what kind of lender you are, defining your terms and sticking to those terms and escorting your funds with those guidelines through dis discipline focus is the second key trait. And there's a few things I like to keep in mind when, when I'm analyzing a loan and, and sort of in the order of importance is, why am I making this loan? Is it going to be a cash loan? To, is it money that should be in the stock market or that I'm pulling out of the stock market? Is it retirement money? Is it play money? Is it kind of some fun money? Where is it coming from? Is it going to be a short-term investment? Is it going to be a long-term investment? And always remember, what I like to say is rule number one is the return of investment. That should, that should be your rule number one. And finally, when you're looking at a deal, it would ask yourself, would you want to own and potentially operate that property if the borrower defaulted and you took it back over? Because if you don't like the property and you don't want to have it in your 
portfolio as a rental or God forbid you have to call a wholesaler to, to take it off your hands, would you want that property? And, and look, I'm not saying that all cases where you have to call a wholesaler is bad. You can still make money. But do your due diligence, be disciplined, and stick to your guns. I mean, look, I'm from the undiagnosed ADD generation. I mean, growing up, we got beat. We didn't get doses of Ritalin. And using discipline focus as a mantra has helped me avoid several lending disasters when something diverted my attention away from the fundamentals of the loan. And look, real estate investors are very charming, very persuasive. I mean, a lot of these people are they are not doing anything shady, but they are convincing people to move out of their properties at a discount because unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of options left for those people. And real estate investors are usually the last resort before the bank takes the money back or takes the, the property back. I'm sorry. So you have to be very careful. And this is why I say discipline focus. You might have to kiss a few frogs before you get that good deal that good loan. So pucker up. <laughs> okay. Trait number three is a, sort of goes back to parenting and that's being capable of dealing and dishing out tough love, separating emotion from money. Can you look at the numbers on a spreadsheet or a piece of paper and easily tell someone no right in their face? Can you stand up for your agreed rights in case things don't go smoothly and that borrower doesn't pay? Can you live with foreclosing on somebody when they do not honor the contract that they have agreed to? even if that person is a good friend or a family member? Can you let others blame you for their lack of planning, organization, or leadership on failed real estate deals and still foreclose? You know, oftentimes when I hear a lender's sob story, or sorry, a lender's sob story, a delinquent borrower's sob story, I should say, I always think back to that scene in um, Goodfellas. Try Goodfellas, not the Irishman, but where Ray Liotta has the, the voiceover talking about when you, once you go into business with Paulie, and I look at it the same way. If you go into business with me and you sign that legal document, giving me the right to foreclose and take that property back, to me, it's kind of the same thing. And, and that voiceover from Ray Liotta says, you know, if, if you went into business with Polly, then you had to come up with his money every week, no matter what. Oh, business is a little slow. F you, pay me. Oh, your place burned down. F you, pay me. That's the kind of mentality. Yes, it's gangster and it's a bit romanticized. But it's in truth what kind of goes through my head as I prep to to foreclose. I've only had to do it once, but that's the kind of the mindset that I take. I also like to think of the movie The Godfather when the scene after the officer McCluskey punches Mike, breaks his jaw. Pacino convinces his brother Sonny that he should be the one to kill Salazzo and McCluskey at the restaurant. And he says, it's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. Persuasive real estate investors will take your money down to the road of hell and they won't have a problem with it. That's human nature. So that's why I say this is trait trait number three is you've got to be able to, to dish out and handle some tough love to your borrowers when they they do not honor the agreed contract. Now the fourth key trait of a successful private lender is creativity, inquisitiveness, and willing to try new things. Creative financing starts in a creative mind. I mean, as long as the deal is moral, legal, and ethical, then why not try to find a way to make it happen? Of course, all the while you still protect your money or your capital, demanding your borrowers have skin in the game, but offer some flexibility. You can either take points up front, or sometimes I take points on the back end after the deal is done. Of course, now my LTV provisions are very low. I'm not doing this at 75% LTV. 45 and 50%, I will certainly consider not taking points up front and putting them on the, taking them on the back end of the loan. Another way to get creative is you can lower your interest rate, not only to get around usury, but you could also take an equity position of the net sale. So your borrower gets the benefit of low payment monthly interest only payments 
And when that deal closes, you get a nice lump sum piece of the equity at the end on top of that interest only payments that those low interest only payments your borrower has been paying. You can cross collateralize. You can use other properties, other real estate. I've seen boats, cars, jewels, watches, and basically anything that has a title or anything that has equity or value and that can be tied to a document, deed of trust, promissory note, can be used. Another thing, you can think outside of the box, that old cliche, I'm multitasking. That's the big HR. You know, Back when I was interviewing 100 years ago, right out of college, everybody wanted multitaskers, people to think outside of the box. That runs true a little here too. Let's say you get a deal and you don't have the money or you, you can't figure out a way to make it work. Well, go partner with under other lenders. If you're utilizing your self-directed IRA, go find some other account holders at your custodian. Talk to them, see if they want to partner. Try to find a way to make the deal happen. Again, legal, moral, ethical, keep your money safe and protected. Figure it out. <laughs> so in recap, the top four are the four key traits of a successful private lender. Number one, self-awareness. Number two, disciplined focus. Number three, tough love, separating emotion from money. And number four, being creative, inquisitive, and willing to try new things. Have a can-do attitude. And now that I've stepped up on my parental soapbox and given you the four key traits of successful private lenders, I want to say that's going to do it for episode 94. I would like to ask you to help me get the word out there and increase awareness for this show by sharing this episode on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, any social media. You're on to telling friends directly for, hey, this is an episode you may, I thought you might find interesting, or if it's maybe it's someone that you're trying to cultivate into a private lender for your deals. Provide it to them and say, hey, look, don't take my word for it. Listen to this, this idiot. You can go to the show notes at privatelenderpodcast.com. You can connect with me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and now much to my children's chagrin, TikTok. Although I don't use it that much, but I'm playing with it. Uh, anyhow, this is the point in the show also where I, I need to beg you that you please leave me an honest rating and review over at iTunes and, or Google Podcast or whatever platform, wherever you listen to this show. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me fight the algorithms and get more attention for the show. I mentioned earlier, but a late January friendly reminder that you needed to file with the IRS and provide your borrowers with 1098 mortgage interest statements before January 31st. As always, I wish you safe and prosperous private lending. I also wish you guys all the best, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.